Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. KSC Masterpiece here on 105.3 The Fan. I'm Reginald Atatula laughing at the great Mike Bassick, uh, in with you this week. Chris Strong on the ones and twos, thank you, sir. Thank you guys for rocking with us, um, getting involved, all the various things. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm stuck right now. It's the last hour of the of the show for today. Obviously, we'll lead you into the G-Bag Nation at 2 p.m. Uh, but college football is on. We have not been watching, but um, in keeping up with the SMU 24th ranked SMU, mind you, down to Boston College, uh, 23 to 14. That is the um, Wasabi Fenway Bowl they're playing in um, at Fenway Park in Boston. It's I think it's the third game in a stadium this this bowl season thus far. And baseball stadium got a lot of those Dude, happening. Can't right now. believe this. You really really distraught that SMU's not uh, doing the damn thing right now. Don huh? Meredith is so upset right now. <laughs> Any other alums that you want to bring up? John Concack. There you go. Texting. The 1980s basketball team. Yeah. Text, text in your alums uh, to show your disappointment in the current score my of former, SMU Boston College. Well, not my former friend. I guess current friend, but he was a linebacker at SMU in the late 90s. Jason Symington. Mm. He's probably really upset. Yeah. And I imagine SMU is pretty upset. This is this is their entry point into the ACC. First ACC matchup, kind of unofficial and what not going they, great right now. Or won't they pay for like a decade to be in that conference? <laughs> That's right. But they, they got the money. And, they got uh, in. They needed to get into a major conference, and they're like, listen, you don't even have to give us any money. We just want in. And it's it kind of technically starts like, well, I guess if you lose, it doesn't start like this, right? Because this doesn't count. But if you win, it starts like this. Uh, to help us talk more college football and get us ready for the uh, college football playoff semis, Ari Temkin, Sirius XM, Big 12 uh, in, in the mornings, I believe. Is that the correct name? I've, if I butchered the name of your show. No, you killed it. You're, you're the best, dude. It's great to be out with you guys, and I wanted to see if you were knee-deep in this long-time ACC rivalry between SMU and Boston College at Fenway Park. That's right. And then, That's... of course, not to be outdone, but Yankee Stadium gets featured in the Pinstripe Bowl immediately following this. You love to so see we it. we get the Red Sox and Yankees even in December. <laughs> that is fair. Um, I would not, I would be uh, very – I'd be remiss if I did not do the college football thing in poking at your rivals – um, congrats to the Kansas Jayhawks on their win in the guaranteed rate bowl, 49 to 36 over the UNLV rebels. Sub which, sub man's, uh, Lance Leipold led 18 penalties and 216 penalty yards in that game. Yeah, it was, um, I don't want to say the fix was in, but I mean, holy cow. So the line in that game moved from 12 and a half all the way to seven and a half points right before kickoff. It started at 13 and a half, then was 12 and a half the morning of game day, moved all the way to seven and a half, which alerts you to something at the quarterback position. Well, Jason Bean, who's from Mansfield and transferred to Kansas a few years ago from North Texas, 
uh, I mean, he played all year, played at a very high level, and and was set to play. So, yeah, I think the penalty yardage, and many of them phantom, had a lot to do with the fact that for some reason that line dropped pretty substantially on game day. It was very odd. And then, of course, it featured Nevada-Las Vegas, so even more odd. But, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a great matchup. Nine wins for a Kansas team. That Maybe Greg Ostertag put a lot of money on it before the game started. <laughs> I, let's just go through every – I love the John Konkak reference. It, may, it definitely made me think about Greg Ostertag. That's a great reference right there. Thank you. All right. Uh, um, so yeah, no, it was a great win for Kansas. They got nine wins. They went, they went 0-9 in 2020. It's pretty incredible what, uh, what Lance Weipold has done. And they were an FCS program playing in the Big 12 for a decade. Now they're at nine wins. Yes, someone come pay Lance Leipold some money so I don't have to keep hearing Ari talk about Kansas. Um, all right, we're, we're deep in bowl season, and one of the things about bowl season is the shenanigans. A lot of these bowl games have kind of taken to. What is your favorite tradition? Because we, we saw um, we saw Lincoln Riley get eggnog. We saw Neil Brown of West Virginia get uh, Duke's mayoed. What, what's your favorite of these kind of odd things that the, the bowl games are uh, bringing up? Yeah, not only was – Neil Brown, who started the year on the hot seat and was picked by the Big 12 media, not myself, but many others, to be uh, last of the Big 12, they end up with a nine-win season, and he's on the hot seat. Instead, he ends up getting doused on a seat with mayonnaise. Um, but, like, that game was really weird last night because it seemed like a three-hour infomercial for mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. They, like, they kept going to the booth, and they were putting different things on mayo, and I was like, can we just watch it? I, don't, I didn't realize you get such – ridiculous involvement like I thought I was gonna watch the wasabi Fenway Bowl today and they're gonna be like snorting wasabi although that's not even what the company's for it's a t- totally different company and I didn't really realize huh. that but um, it's not the green yeah, that was stuff uh, <laughs> that's what I it was but apparently it's a company I've seen their commercials four times I can't tell you what they do okay but uh, it's not for the green stuff no that you put on, that you put on yeah it's solid I like making it spicy oh it's the best and I, I was thinking like wasabi bowl maybe that's what we'll be doing considering what we watched the mayo bowl last night um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, so we're going to get the pop tarts bowl later. That's right. Your alma mater. Yes. Reg, uh, with K state, which actually Rolando should be a good Blackman. game. <laughs> Mitch Richmond. <laughs> um, and, and, um, and, and so that has a real life, uh, frosted strawberry pop tart mascot mm-hmm. that is going to, that is edible. That is apparently going to be eaten after the game. So there's like uh, apparently some, some semblance of cannibalism. Or I'm not really sure what this mascot's going to look like, or if it's going to be a person inside. But, but what? That's going to happen. Plus they have like a, a, a actual trophy for the Pop Tarts Bowl that I believe can actually toast your Pop Tarts as well. <laughs> so uh, that, hard to beat the Pop Tarts Bowl. That's all right. So real great. real question here, Ari. I'm glad we can't pay the players though. So the Michigan-Alabama game and the Texas-Washington game, obviously the only games that I care about in college football. One of them has an over-under of 44.5, and the other one has an over-under of (laughs) 63.5. That is a big difference in what they think the game will be played like. Yeah, that makes sense. I think because the strength of both Washington and Texas is offense, the weaknesses of both Texas and Washington would be defense, though I would say that Texas's defense on defense, uh, deficiencies on defense are more to do with their secondary than their defensive line, which is actually really good. Um, they have a great, great defensive line. Uh, Washington does not. So, I, I mean, that's, I think that number is right where it should be based on the fact that these are two of the most prolific offenses in college football. Um, and Washington's an odd team. They're one of the most penalized teams in college football. I think they're 128th. We talked about this today. 128th in penalties per game at eight. They've had four games. They've had at least 10 penalties. 
And so, like, they still have this ridiculous offense, and yet they're constantly shooting themselves in the foot. It's like it hasn't mattered yet this year. So, um, I, you know, I, look, I do think Texas wins. I think from a talent and how they're playing right now standpoint, I think they're the best team in college football. Um, I, Alabama's playing considerably better, obviously, than when Texas and Alabama play, but so too is Texas. And Michigan's tough to read because they really, like, haven't played a great schedule. And the, the best teams they played have all been of late. And, you know, that because of that, there's been these people that have made these suggestions that, well, they're not as good. J.J. McCarthy hasn't been as good because they don't have – they're not stealing signals. Well, that or, you know, they're not playing Rutgers, you know, anymore. They're playing Ohio State and Penn State, and, and so maybe that's played a role in it. So, um, I, you know, I, I think from an offensive perspective, that line makes sense for Washington, Texas, and it also makes sense for where Alabama and Michigan are. Those are two elite offenses, lots of playmakers all over the field for both sides, and – I definitely trust the way Alabama's offense is playing a little bit more than I trust Michigan's. But, um, you know, I, I, I just – I think people are also – a lot of people are high on, on, on Alabama to win this game. And Alabama doesn't have to beat any Alabama teams of previous seasons. I, I, I admit that. That's true, right? But they're not as good as they've been. So I think people just assume that Alabama's here. They've got to be that same dominant team. They're just not as good as they've been. Now, again, they don't have to beat any previous Alabama teams in this playoff. They just have to beat Michigan. But I, I think Michigan is on another talent level. So you're saying Michigan versus who on on Monday, January? 8th? Texas. Is it is Texas? Uh, they're favored by four. Do they easily cover that spread? I'm going to say Michigan wins, and Jim Harbaugh is the next coach of the Bears. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. I okay. Let, let's dig into that. Like how obviously you've you've put the Bears in here, but like if you if I had to put you on a percentage, right? Uh, percentage that. Jim Harbaugh is in the NFL next season as opposed to the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. He is literally sitting there right now mulling over a contract that is t- 10 years, $125 million, but for all intents and purposes, it's a one-year deal at $12.5 million, and basically it stipulates that he cannot talk to NFL teams. So I think, I think he's waiting to see what NFL offers are on the table. I think there's teams, Bears and Colts, potentially that he could be interested in. I'm not sure that he's interested in Maybe some of the other jobs, maybe the Chargers, maybe not interested. I'm not speaking from any level of knowledge, but I mean, he literally could sign a deal tomorrow that would pay him, guarantee him twelve and a half million for next season, and you know, and all he has to do is not talk to NFL teams. But I don't think that's what he's going to do. I think he's going to wait it out and then potentially see what's out there and then potentially take that offer. But it's every year they're just doing that. Every year he's getting offers, so every year they have to put a new deal in front of him that pays him more money and basically stipulates that he won't look at NFL offers. It's an insane deal that he gets. And look, I do think, I think the Bears' offer will attract him. Uh, you know, I've, Kevin Warren is the president of the Bears now. They work together at the, in the Big Ten in some capacities, so there's a familiarity there. And the question is, would he become the GM as well? Um, and would he want a job in the NFL if he wasn't the GM as well? Would he want? Would he want to have personnel power? I would imagine he would, given you know that he's had that in the past and and has had success with it. So, um, but he played for the Bears in the '90s. You know, Ann Arbor, Chicago, that area is. is is close and you know i think the colts would intrigue him too i wouldn't i he obviously played there that's in the area as well um so i, I would think it would intrigue him too but um it'll be interesting to see i again i just he's got such an amazing job where he could basically have his cake and eat it too when it comes to yeah i'll, I'll take 12 and a half million to not talk to nfl teams but he's gonna still talk to nfl teams and see what's out there now i, I want to go back to texas here because steve sarkeesian and i guess i should start with the university of texas has built had built this reputation of you know not having the appropriate toughness and kind of like smelling their own you know what 
uh, when it came to this program, Absolutely. right? And it seems like Sarkeesian has done some things to address that, but that that's a diff- this is a different level when we're talking about the college football playoff. Uh, how how do you assess this program's readiness for playing at this level? Yeah, I mean, look, I, you know, I I saw it firsthand. You know, I spent time in Austin working for for the radio station out there. You know, in 2010, 2011, and so that was the beginning of the end. Right after they lost the national championship game, and you know, where where the words entitlement and you know feelings of accomplishment that had predated them. Um, you know, that those were things that were thrown out there and, and then, you know, and then that survives past the Mac Brown era into the Charlie Strong era. And, you know, now you've got a different uh, administrator as well. So you've got a different athletic director. You go from Dallas Dawes to Steve Patterson to Crystal Conti. You have Tom Herman that comes in, right? So, I mean, there's multiple changeovers, you know, not just in terms of the coaching staffs, but also in terms of the administration at the top, whether it be, you know, again, Dallas Dodds, Steve Patterson, or then Crystal Conti. So Sark, you know, he had the same questions that any of his predecessors had in terms of his ability to be successful. The difference is he had kind of been in the same spot as Texas. He had kind of hit rock bottom too. And, you know, it had lost at home to a Kansas team that had never beaten Texas and went five and seven. Right. So I think that he was able to be humbled through his experiences at USC and Washington. And then his first season at Texas in a way that, you know, he, he kind of got, I think, into it with the players, in a, in a way that's like, all right, let's let's all dig ourselves out of this together. Let's figure this out because there are a lot of guys that wanted to do that. And I, so I think they talked a lot this offseason about cultural shifts, and it was still like, all right, I'll believe it when I see it. And, you know, not believing is seeing is believing. And, you know, they, they won a lot of close games this year. Um, they were able to finish games this year. That was something previously Sark and his Texas teams had not done. They were blowing leads and losing games. That was the calling card of this team. It's the reason I didn't pick them to win the Big 12 this year. And they did that this year. They put away teams. They went into Bryant-Denny Stadium when Jalen Milrow and Alabama made a push late in that game to draw within a score. And they made a play. Eddie Mitchell on the outside, a touchdown right away to, to, to give them that separation. They had, they had the finishing touches all year this year against good teams in tough environments. I think they're the most battle-tested team in this playoff. And I do think that the winner, you know, I said, I'll take Michigan and then Jim Harbaugh right off in the sunset. I do think, you know, genuinely, the, these are the two bet best teams right now in the field that are playing the best right now. His name is Ari Temkin. You can catch him um, on SiriusXM. Uh, Big 12 this morning is the program. Uh, Ari, we appreciate you greatly. Bassick, Reggie, great talking to you guys. Be well. Happy man, New Year. Best. Take care, guys. All right, my man. That's like I said. Where does Ari he live Tenkin. now? Does he uh, live he's, he's still here. He's okay. still. He, I don't. You didn't see him. He was at a Jared Swing for a Cause charity event. I missed him. Oh, no. Well, you know, you, you had a lot of stuff that you were handling. You were, yeah, I'm big time. People that's right. want to talk to me. We often talk about how just how <laughs> famous you are, you know? And so you can get you can get a little bit of time with famous Mike Bassick tomorrow uh, in Burleson. We're going to be at Buffalo Wild Wings doing this very program. Um, Cowboys tickets to the Lions game, yep. last home game of the year. That one's courtesy of Miller Lite. So, yeah, come out, say what's up to us, get some wings, uh, have, a, have a brew. You know, it'll be a fun time. But uh, can't see Masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan. Coming up next, because CBS Sports was on a delayed week, we'll get your quarterback rankings yeah. and maybe Michael ask a few more football questions. We do that next on the fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. I'm Reginald Atatula, Kevin and Corey still with the week off. Mike Bassick here with me, though. I think of this as the Josh Young song now. Because really? this is what he comes up to hit to. I just, so if you go to the game, and I, I wonder this when we get to interview Josh Young in uh-huh. spring training, we'll be uh, in Surprise, Arizona at the end of February. So the beginning of February, we'll be in Las Vegas at the Super Bowl. The end of February. Mm-hmm. Trying to March, bankrupt the buffets, I hear. Yeah. We'll be... Uh, I'm going to see how many like lobster tails I can eat at a buffet in Vegas. Send in your guesses I saw how 40, many lobster tails. I saw tails. this dude eat 40 at one sitting in Vegas, lobster tails. Yeah, let's set the so, over-under on lobster tails Mike could eat at a, a single wonder, buffer, a buffet sitting. five. You think five is too low? I don't know. They're, they're healthy sized, right? Like Vegas is not going to skimp yeah. on you, are they? just matters which buffet you go to. You go to the Golden Nugget. <laughs> they, they might call their shrimp lobster. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll figure that out. We'll do the odds. But like I said, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings tomorrow for myself and Mike. Uh, Cowboys Lions tickets courtesy of Miller Lite. Other Cowboys giveaways. Um, and that's in uh, 12832 South Freeway uh, tomorrow in Burleson. Uh, but right Dang. now, because CBS Sports held out on us, how dare they not work on Christmas? Uh, rank power rank the power rankings happens on Wednesday, but quarterback power rankings okay. are really the interesting part. So let's do that now. All right. So number one, it has changed. This is by Cody Benjamin. Is that the part? Is that that the, is that is one of the many people that um that uh, Bobby, Bobby Belt has a vendetta with. against. Well, uh, let's see if you're happy with this. I'm going to give number one, and I just want you to comment on if you think that clearly is Geno Smith number one. He is not number one. Is Josh Allen? Huh. Josh Allen, as the season's coming to an end, there's two games left. They have Josh Allen as the best quarterback in the NFL this year. That is interesting. He leads all quarterbacks with 40 total touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, he has his playing He's all gas, no break, for better or worse. That's right. That's right. You get the good with the bad, and when you're getting the good, it's really, really good. Uh, You know what? I wonder how much of this is... 
the idea, and he's been playing really well. Like statistically, he has been playing well. No, okay, I'm with it. I'm okay. with it, right? Like, um, you think about the best quarterbacks in the league, and I mean, just not even just on this season, but who do we think about? We bring up Patrick Mahomes. He's had a down year, yeah. and then very soon thereafter, Joe Burrow. He's injured. Josh Allen comes in right about those places, so it would kind of make sense. It would, uh, you know, stand to reason that he'd be up there, and he's he's looked that good when you talk about EPA, talk about completion percentage, particularly over expected. Now he's he's looked good. I guess it just feels weird hearing that said. I wonder if today, if you bet on him to win the MVP and he wins out, let's just say Miami loses to Baltimore, but then that would put Lamar Jackson as the favorite, staying the favorite. Lamar Jackson is number two. Okay. So I'm just wondering, as you can comment on Lamar Jackson, I'm just wondering, Josh Allen, if if you know you go by these quarterback power rankings, and we're at the end of the year, and Josh Allen's number one, if he wins his last two games, like how strong of a case does he make for MVP at the end of the year? And and Lamar Jackson, right now, the favorite is considered the number two quarterback according to CBS's quarterback power rankings. Yeah, I think the narrative portion of this really leans towards Lamar. We got the big game of the year late that also like pushed him above, and I don't know is. Are the Bills going to have that game? Although I, I do think that the Bills have a very good opportunity to win the um, win the AFC East, yeah. and maybe that brings them back to the forefront of conversation. But I think that Lamar is in this place where there's a level of visibility that's going to keep him up there. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've already gushed enough about Lamar yeah, Jackson okay. on the show about how, about how much I like his game. Number this year. one last week, dropping to number three, and this is interesting, is Brock Purdy. So okay, so we're, we still one. haven't gotten to Tua Tungabailoa here, which I, I understand he's not like, you know, the air yards aren't huge and he's getting the ball out quickly, but I'm surprised that Tua doesn't show up. Brock Purdy, huh? How about this? He has 11 interceptions this year. How many of his 11 interceptions have come in the last three games? Who, Brock Purdy? Yeah. Well, I mean, he had four in this past game. Um, What are we saying? Seven? Eight? Eight. He has 11 interceptions. Eight of them have come in the last three games. And in in being consistent, right, a lot of those were not like directly, hey, this is your fault interceptions. These are tips. This is, you know, some of it is a factor of the Baltimore Ravens defense just being everywhere uh, all at once, it seems. But no, that's that is really tough. And as the season goes along, and particularly when you talk about the the ways in which uh, you know, when Trent Williams isn't there, yeah. that and with any quarterback, if you don't not if you do not have that uh, blindside blocker, it gets it gets a little hairy. But yeah, it's I think we might be going a little far, and I mean the larger we, maybe not me and you particularly, and me, I, I will put myself in it where we try a little bit because we have that preconceived notion when we talk about the seventh round quarterback. So whenever we see a fault, we're like, oh, there it is. It might just be that you know this is normaling normalizing out a little bit. But yeah, uh, I, he's he's been good. He's he's yeah. done what he needed to do. I just interested that Tua Tungvaloa hadn't popped up. Here's what's funny, Tua T, because mm-hmm. you're good at saying his last Thank name. You. I'm not. I try. He did not get pushed ahead of Dak Prescott. They played each other. Mm-hmm. Tua ended up winning the game. He's the winning quarterback. Dak is the losing quarterback. They both had game-winning drives, as in. Dak drove his team down the field with three minutes and change left to say, hey, I've put us ahead. I did my job. The defense has to stop to a T. They could not stop to a T and the Miami offense. Yet they have Dak Prescott number four and they have to a T number five not moving in the list. So I thought 
I thought for sure when I looked at yesterday's list and I couldn't find this list because they didn't come out with it yesterday, and I saw that Dak was four and Tua was five, I thought, well, they're going to at least flip those guys because they just played each other, but they didn't. They kept Dak at number four and Tua T at number five. I, that's really interesting. There's a level of respect for Dak uh, that I think is is starting or starting. I don't know, but is is definitely there from the media at large. As much as people say that you know we're trying to tear him down, I think that some of it is like now this is you know getting to the point where it's going to be nitpicky, um, particularly with the struggles that the team has had at large. But no, I, there, this is an understandable place for him to be considering the way that he's played. He leads this league in touchdowns right now. He has managed uh, the interceptions in a way that we anticipated because that's the way he's always played. He's playing very much like the Dak that we expect. It really ends up being, and this is the same thing I talked about with Callum Moore, it's just like situational. We need you in the right moments to be, you know, exactly who we expect you to be. And it's not all on him because, again, team affects the ways of wins and losses. But, you know, you have the step out of bounds, and you, there's a few plays and a small amount of plays that if you change them, he looks even better than and he's had. Every year's different because I think you can draw a line at number one and two, or you can draw a line at number six and say, all right, now there's a drop off. I think one through five, one through five are Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, and Tua T. I think we have to draw a line right there because I do think there's a drop off from those five guys. Number six is Matthew Stafford. And I'm oh, not trying, I disagree. I'm not. So you think he's a tier one quarterback this year? Okay. This year he has All been right. incredible. All right. So and I'm going to wonder where you draw the line at. Then. Okay. I think also Matt Stafford has not gotten that level of appreciation because they had the injuries and then the you know that puts them in this place where they don't they're not as visible. But he's he's actually been very good. Okay. I think Wink Martindale was talking earlier today about how he felt like the MVP award should be between Lamar Jackson and Matt Stafford. Okay. It actually in this it says. Uh, an MVP sleeper, Matthew Stafford, mm-hmm. at number six. Okay, number seven, C.J. Stroud. This is this is where the line is, and I I think the C.J. Stroud has been fantastic. Um, so it's Matt, Matthew Stafford is in the category of Tua T, Dak, Purdy, Jackson, Allen, and then. Ooh, the, am I being am I being a little re- uh, revisionist or? Um, prisoner of the moment because he has not played because when he was playing he looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the league cj stroud okay number eight is jalen hurts okay this is definitely where the line is if it wasn't before yeah jalen hurts is it's it's not the same and uh, there's a lot of other things that factor in like the the inconsistency of the offensive coordinator and the play calling and all those things but no we we've definitely seen him not be as good as he was last year and definitely not on the same level of, as, as the rest okay. of these guys. Number nine, you're taking them on on Saturday night. Jared Goff, number nine ranked quarterback in the NFL, according to CBS Sports this year. Yeah, more often than not, he's been protected for, and when he's protected for, he's a good quarterback. Okay, number 10, Jordan Love. I still don't know what to make of Jordan Love. Yeah, you know I'm what's interesting? Sure. Number 11 is Patrick Mahomes. They have ranked for the 2020. I didn't even season. notice that Patrick Mahomes had Patrick name Mahomes is out of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. Now, to me, and I think to most people, we all know he's the best quarterback, but he isn't having a good year. He has a horrible receiving core. I understand ranking him number 11 because if you look at his stats, if you look what they're doing, if you look how they've played lately, nine and six, I'm not sure you can put him in the top 10. Now, I would say he's better than Jordan Love still, so I would probably have him 10th on this list. But they have him 11th on this list. His receivers are bad. He, he's, had some, he's had some problems as well. But I think teams are challenging him, um, and it's 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 difficult because again the receivers and those things. But 
and the protection hasn't held up either. Okay. I'm talking myself back into pushing Patrick Mahomes up. But, yeah, the, they, they invested a lot in protection, and down over the last few weeks, the protection hasn't looked good. The either. five worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL. The worst, Trevor Simeon, New York Jets quarterback. Oh, we're counting that. Sure, yeah. He's playing tonight. That's true. Aiden O'Connell, the Vegas Raiders. I thought he's been fine, but I guess maybe my standards are just really low. they threw for 91 yards and still beat the, the Chiefs? I think that was their total of of yards in the air. Oh, I realized game. I just did not watch that. I wonder how much of this is I just opt out of some of these games, like the, the yeah, Raiders think, games. I'm like, why I would I do that I think you see total yards passing, and you see 91, and you're like, and they won the game in an NFL game. Defense Number doing things. three, worst quarterback in the NFL starting right now, Mason Rudolph. I mean, let him tell it. He thinks that he proved something to Ben Roethlisberger. The fourth worst quarterback in the NFL this year who's still starting is Bryce Young. The number one overall pick. Man, you were talking about this before the show. Like, We'll maybe dive into it tomorrow. You okay. can tease it for maybe a topic tomorrow. Yeah, you were talking about this. And when, like do you, a, when do you give up on a quarterback and go, we made a mistake, we might need to start over? For sure. We'll, we'll, we'll have that conversation I think tomorrow. Yeah, and I have an opinion on Bryce Young. Uh, the fifth worst quarterback in the NFL starting is Minnesota Vikings' Nick Chris Mullins. Mullins. <laughs> You love bringing up a uh, '90s or '80s yeah. basketball player. It's yeah. it's one of my favorite things. So those tonight. are your five worst quarterbacks. We went over the eleven best quarterbacks in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes is now out of the top ten at number eleven, and Dak is at number four. Stayed at number four. Two at T. Stayed at number five. That was interesting to me that they played each other. They were the fourth and fifth best quarterbacks. And they kept them the fourth and fifth best quarterbacks and didn't flip them. No, absolutely no Derek Carr. That's that's the team. They they thought that all they needed was the quarterback, and Derek Carr was the one that was sufficient. And they are looking at a place where they might just be like, we still need another one. Shout out to the Saints. Uh, it's the KNC Masterpiece here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we cross-talk with the G-Bag Nation. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's KNC Masterpiece here on 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Datatula here with you, uh, filling in for Kevin and Corey. Mike Bassick, as always, on the KNC Masterpiece. Um, and Chris Strong, thank you, sir, for being on the ones and twos for us. Thank you all for rocking with us from 10 a.m. all the way to this point. Where we're getting ready to hand it off to these fine gentlemen. Brought to you by DNM Leasing, we do our crosstalk with the G-Bag Nation. Zach, brought us. How y'all doing today? Wonderful, Reg. Thank you for asking. How are you? Man, we're doing very I, well. I was a little bit surprised with our last segment because I waited till the segment to open up CBS Sports quarterback power rankings. Uh, they have Josh Allen number one. Lamar Jackson, number two, Brock Purdy, number three, Dak Prescott, number four, and Tua T, number five. 
And there's a couple things like a little bit surprising. One, I thought, well, four and five last week was Dak Prescott four, two a T five. And I thought that they would flip them because it was a close game, but two a T won the game. Not that Dak played defense the last three minutes and 27 seconds, but uh, I just thought, well, he won the game. The other guy lost the game. They're going to flip him. And then I thought that Lamar Jackson would be number one and maybe Josh Allen would be number two. So what are your thoughts on kind of ranking these quarterbacks in that area? Man, it's, I mean, it's so week to week, right? But I do think you would have assumed Lamar would have been one. Now, maybe Josh Allen's playing the best. I mean, he's got a passing touchdown and rushing touchdown in how many consecutive games now? I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. He has the most touchdowns in the NFL at 40 right now. I think two is being disrespected a little bit. Now, granted, I mean, I think when, when two is under pressure, it's clearly an issue. And anytime the Cowboys pressured him, you could tell. Two wanted no part of this, yeah. yep. and the ball's sailing on him. But otherwise, I mean, I'm a little surprised he hasn't been more involved in the MVP conversation. People don't, people don't respect him. They really don't. And I don't, well, I guess I was going to say I don't know why. Like, you saw the, and I guess it was the injuries more than it was the play, I guess, early on. Um, but I guess one of the things that's tough about human nature is once we kind of decide that we've put you or categorized you, it's hard for us to break that. It was one of the things I was talking about with Brock Purdy, where I feel myself and I'm trying to fight against it. Every time anything goes bad, I go, see, there's the seventh rounder. And I'm like, I need to break that and respect the, the things that he's been able to do. And I think people have put two in that boat where they're like, he's all right, but we don't think he's great or, you know, anything to that nature. And so when he is playing well, being super efficient, getting the ball out quickly, getting the ball to his guys, and obviously there's a lot of the yak aspect as well, but it feels like people are not willing to break back and consider the, you know, the notions that they already hold. Well, they don't give enough credit because of the play caller and the weapons. Fair enough. Fair enough. And that's exactly right. In the week before, that's why I thought, man, that that was a pretty substantial performance. He was an accurate quarterback at Alabama. Really accurate. You watched him throw the ball for a left-handed quarterback and the way he's able he's not going to run. You taking a, a shot at us left-handers right there, Brian? No, I'm just yeah. saying man, it does look a little funky. This man. dude's <laughs> throw a pretty ball. We're going to see one on uh, Were you accurate, Mike? Throwing a football? Yeah. Uh not the best. Okay. I always would get my hand behind the ball too much, which obviously does not make a perfect spiral. No, it doesn't. It uh but uh but the thing, these left-handed quarterbacks, we'll see one play the University of Texas. Yeah, Michael Penix. Michael Penix will play. I mean, they're they're pretty pretty quarterbacks. I'm the ball. pretty stunned. I went and watched uh, J.J. McCarthy last night, Michigan's guy. <laughs> I'm guessing you were impressed, right? <laughs> I don't get the first-round hype with J.J. McCarthy, either. man. I really don't. And Michael Penix isn't getting that love, and I would probably take Penix over McCarthy. I still need to do a further study of him, but I watched quite a bit of Washington this yeah. year because they're a fun team, and I watched his receiver, yeah. so I got to see some of Penix. Which one, Odunzi? Yeah. Okay. That dude's special. Dude's so we're doing a little bit of draft talk now. I like this. Yeah. Well, because can, I, can I say yeah, something real ahead, quick about ahead. the quarterback situation? Where does Matthew Stafford file on all Ooh, this? He's number six on okay. the list. Stafford needs to be getting way more love. I'll, I'll, tell, you, I'll tell you what. You look at, and, and you know, they, they've hit on some guys. There. I like this they, confirmation of my thoughts. Yeah. Thanks, clearly, guys. They've clearly hit on some guys offensively there. There's a guy that doesn't. He he deserves some consideration. You talk about quarterbacks that are playing really really well. Yes, sir. In a in a kind of a muddied muddled group, man. Stafford's the one that's kind of wading through all that, you know. And he he seems to be pretty consistent through. Let me tell you what. You go back and watch the Raven Rams game. Rams had him beat, and you're thinking the Ravens are one of the best teams in football. And now I'm starting to think. Maybe the Rams are the second best team in football. Just I know their start of their season was awful. I just don't think you want to play them right now. You know they're, they're the hottest team in the NFC. They've got this kind of offensive 
you know, kind of. So you think Detroit or Philadelphia will lose to L.A. if that's their matchup? I my hope, my hope, yeah, my hope is if you're the Dallas Cowboy fan, is that 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 the Rams are the sixth or seventh seed, and they they and they go on a little bit of one of those crazy good runs where they knock out. They knock out the second seed, and then they go knock out the first seed. You know, and okay. now now you're looking at, oh, did you find a way? And then probably they would knock you out when they came to AT and T Stadium or something like that. Obviously, I was listening to you guys yesterday about the Sean Payton Russell Wilson situation, and I mm-hmm. know you guys haven't studied like the top ten quarterbacks in this draft. I got yet. three of them done. We got four now. I'm just wondering who's Sean Payton's guy. I feel like Sean Payton is arrogant enough to be like, in the third round, I'm taking this guy, and he's going to be just fine for me. You know, Sean. What, what do you think? Man, I, I he's sitting right now at 14, right? 13, yeah. 14? Right. Sean loves to trade next year's one to try and go up. Has, is it gone already, though? No, I don't I don't think no, they it, still so I know they have I this thought they pick. didn't have it, but yes, they, they oh for next year. Yeah, maybe do they have year. an extra I think I think I think they've got it all taken care of. I think I'm right. But Sean Sean will do well, okay, how about this? Sean would Sean dangle Patrick Sertan to go up in the draft and get a quarterback? Well, right now, looking at mocks, it might go one, two, three quarterbacks by the time we get to to drafting. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I know like you guys. Daniel seems I, to be the third I, guy. I asked my guys at the Giants yesterday because I heard you guys yesterday talking about the division and who, what quarterbacks. Right. Definitely Washington. I asked my guy at the Giants. I said, that's a debate that we're going to have to have. Yeah. I heard because, you say that. Yeah. They're not really, they're not really sold. But they all realize, though, that if they don't do something, they're all going to get fired. Mm. So that's why they're. Yeah, that's why they're. they're gonna, this decision is huge for them. I think JJ McCarthy would be great with the Giants or the Commanders. I bet you do. That's that's my pick for them. Is this is he is he like to you? Would he be like with like Mac Jones being picked? That kind of thing. Yes. Uh, and he's more mobile than Mac Jones. But no, it, I'm just saying that Mac Jones went yeah, from being like. I, I just don't get it. Like as a second rounder, I'd take him. Yeah. I don't see the first round player there. Yeah. That's going to change He's your franchise. A winner. They run the ball the damn time. <laughs> I mean, they're winning games because they're dominating you at the line of scrimmage. Were you getting tired of like like going fast forward yeah, to the I'm, play because they were running the ball? <laughs> like here's Blake Corum. Here's Blake Corum again. So you figure oh, out Blake Corum Edwards. You figure out Blake Corum's pretty good Corum's at running the ball. Corum's pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. So is Edwards. Yeah. Am I wrong about Sean Payton? He just seems I don't, I don't like. Him I don't know who Sean. Him. I don't know who Sean I just, would take. I just I feel like he's him, arrogant enough to oh, be like I don't want a first round quarterback. I want to do something in the third round where I prove I can take this. Not unknown person, but kind of a, oh, he's not supposed to be a good quarterback and watch me turn him into a good quarterback. Well, that would be J.J. McCarthy then, according to Wolchuk. Maybe, yeah. And maybe J.J. McCarthy would be a perfect fit for Sean Payton. Excellent. Um, Now, the or Cowboys. Bo Nix. I don't know. Bo Nix mobile. Yeah. Maybe Bo Nix, maybe Penix. Do y'all, do y'all agree with me in this? Because I am no quarterback evaluator, and I think you guys are significantly more of that than I am. Uh, when it comes to quarterback, better at it. I was not very good at one point. <laughs> we could, I guess, we could always revisit that if we wanted to. Um, when it comes to Bo Nix, uh, he is a, a little bit older, a little bit of an elder statement, statement of the college football but, way. But, but but I think I think NFL people are kind of okay with this now mm. after what happened with Brock Purdy and like how many because yeah. we, we've gone through some. What Mitch Trubisky? What like 10, 12 starts for his career there at, right. at North Carolina, and also I, I think that NFL personnel guys are like, give me a guy that's a little bit more seasoned, and you're going to get this anyway because of the pandemic. The pandemic gave guys an extra year on yeah. top of the extra year they already had, 
So some of these and quarter- used all yeah, of them. Yeah, well, Michael Penix has played a ton of games too. Yeah, I mean th- these quarterbacks that have been starters, what they do is they bounce from team to team, and they what do they do? They start. They, still, get, they get experience. But do you still feel good about like the development curve on a quarterback that has had all of those years? That like there's still opportunity to oh, yeah. get better. Yeah, I do. Besides okay. Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers was the only and I can't say the way I want to say it, because he can't say certain things anymore. Penix drops his elbow so low to push the ball. He doesn't oh, throw it, what, he pushes it. Well, the, and Kerry so Collins. Phillip Rivers. Kerry Collins was really bad at this too. What a yeah. name. Kerry Collins was a like he would drag his elbow. Yeah. And and you're like there's I, talk about Sean Payton's story. Sean Payton, I'm like, I'm talking to him about Kerry Collins, and he he's like going, and, and the same Drew Henson. Drew Henson yeah. was the same way with the, and my, and I remember Sean Payton going, man, his elbow drags. There's no way, and there and everybody's like, no, we could correct that. Kerry Collins played like 15 years in the league with his elbow dragging. Okay. You know, and, and I'm just saying, yeah. some guys can get away with it and others can't. Well, Byron Vince, Vince, the ball sale. Vince Young was an elbow dropper. Yeah, yeah. he was a pusher. Yeah. Leftwich had the weirdest release maybe I've yeah. ever yeah. seen. He threw it like a baseball. He, he dropped did. the ball yeah. to his he hip get, almost. Yeah. And then yeah. they that's had the a way weird you're supposed to pitch. Up. Like you're not mm-hmm. supposed to keep the ball yeah. above Penish your shoulder. Drop yeah. the ball. And then another guy that'll just flick Penix, it is Jaden Daniels. If you ever yes, watch Pinnix from the end zone, the ball kind of, it's funny because it starts out the middle and then it kind of just veers. Like he's like he he has an ability to kind of put like he has like a spin hook on, on the ball. Well, like he can push it like from the middle to the outside. By the way, it doesn't like it's not like a direct. It's yeah. kind of like he moves it in the air with the way he's he right. might have the lowest elbow though I've ever seen. Yeah. Penix, like the way that he drops his elbow oh, yeah. below his shoulder, it's just it doesn't well, look right. It looks and weird. I, I have no clue how he throws it's like it a fifty shovel. yards that like he's way. Shoveling. Like that's that's the thing about too. Like Sean was talking about with Drew Henson, he goes. There's no way you could you could have him play with his elbow play, throwing that low. Yeah. The ball's going to sail on him. I'd like him to get your guy, Jaden Daniels. I think that'd be a great spot for him. Go I'll tell you Sean what, Payton man. People people are going to – Jaden Daniels is 6'3". The problem is he's like the same weight as the guy in Carolina. And he and he <laughs> apparently likes getting hit because he did that quite he a bit. Does. He does. He loves getting hit. That's his favorite he thing to do. He could be the best quarterback out of this class. All right, man. clearly I'm just going to want to keep talking uh, football with you guys, but we got to let you guys do a program. We'll By the way, the draft show. What, what, what do y'all have on the program? We got a lot. We'll, we'll get to draft, NFL draft talk at 4 o'clock. We'll do more of that. Barry Church, former Cowboys safety at 320. Ooh. And Dave Campo going to join us at 5 o'clock. Hey, ball coach. We got a, Dave l- Campo's a big baseball fan, by the he way. He is. He loves the Yankees. Yeah. He's asking about he, our he, Rangers. Yeah, now. exactly. Yeah. I'm going to get Champs. But yeah, Dave's going to talk about Jimmy Johnson. Uh, Darren Woodson and how to maybe play some run defense. Going to have to keep it locked right here on the G-Bag Nation. That's coming up next until tomorrow at Buffalo Wild Wings in uh, Burleson, right? I almost said something entirely different. That's not the word. Buffalo Wild Wings, Burleson. You'll catch me and Mike tomorrow at 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. But until then, you've been Masterpiece. Be easy. Peace! T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.